Hi folks, it's Finnegan. I wanted to take a second at the top of this episode to address a small audio issue I had with this episode. Most of the first episodes had been recorded long before I even had a concept of what this podcast would look like. As such, I didn't put any breaks in to mention any of the other podcast friends we have. So this episode, I'd like to put those ads here in the front. There just wasn't a place to naturally break the discussion. So as clunky as this is, this seemed smoother. Also, I didn't list any socials for myself in those earlier recordings, so I'd like to say here at the top that if you have any questions about getting into role-playing games or about RPGs in general, feel free to hit me up at Twitter at Finnegan1, that's F-I-O-N-N-E-G-A-N, and the numeral one. If you're not on Twitter, that's cool. You can also email me at therpgconcierge at gmail.com. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Annabelle H. Godfrey Historic Estate and Museum. Thank you for joining us on the Godfrey's world-famous audio guide. I'll be your host for the duration of your time here at the estate, and look forward to enlightening you as to the history and unique beauty of Annabelle's eclectic collection of art, antiquities, and curiosities. But before we begin, I must go over a few notices and estate rules. Firstly, on the chance that you failed to read the fine print when checking out this audio guide, and are currently standing in the middle of our atrium, waiting for a staff member to come and collect you, this is a self-guided tour. Each audio guide is equipped with a GPS tracking device, which triggers the commentary for the nearest collection item. This provides the dual benefit of a custom experience for you, and helping the Godfrey staff locate unreturned audio guides. Many audio guides are discovered abandoned in dark and seldom traversed corners of the estate, their patrons nowhere to be found. Which leads me to my second point of business. Stay out of the shadows. Thirdly, breaks in commentary as you move between collection items may be filled with historical tidbits about the estate, details about current or upcoming exhibits and offerings, general announcements, or words from our sponsor. Do not be alarmed when these start playing. And no, you cannot mute or skip them. Fourthly, and this should go without saying, do not touch any collection items. This is for your own safety. That's all for now. Shall we begin? The Godfrey Audio Guide is a fiction podcast that blends horror, sci-fi, and art history, both real and imagined, and which guides the listener through the mysterious Godfrey Estate and Museum. Interested in taking the tour? Find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. And make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you at the museum. We're rolling. Mark. Hello, I'm Sky, And I'm Ford. Together, we form the writing partnership of L. Skyford. We're excited to bring you Booklandia, a new podcast about books. On Booklandia, we review books, mostly. Honestly, mostly romance books. We'll occasionally discuss book topics, like our favorite and least favorite romance book tropes. Maybe one day I'll learn what a cinnamon roll is. Maybe. Perhaps we'll also dive into my psyche and why I hate the enemies to lovers trope and why it's such a popular one. Is it because you're a robot? Probably. We will absolutely spoil books for you. We will absolutely f***ing curse. And you will leave each episode knowing just how sexy we thought each book was. Did it make us want to get naked? Maybe. I'm definitely naked. <laughs> 
probably, so am I. So please join <laughs> us on Booklandia, <laughs> where each book is a whole world to explore. And we're out. Hello, and welcome to the RPG Concierge, a podcast that explores a new aspect of tabletop role-playing games each season. Being that this is our first season, it seemed appropriate to tackle what might be the biggest hurdle in playing RPGs, the beginning. How do you even start playing? Finding a group and overcoming the multitude of concerns that every new player faces. We will tackle all these topics and more. I'm your RPG Concierge, Finnegan Justice Murphy, and today our topic is where to begin. And joining me today is a very special guest, Ashley Ravello. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Finn. Thanks for having me. Um, very special. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. We know each other because you're actually playing in one of my D&D games currently. Yeah. But that is your first or semi-first role-playing game? Sort of. Yeah. My first, successful is the wrong word, but first uh, <laughs> um, consistent game, I would say. Sure. It's funny because this is also my first time appearing on a podcast. So oh, lots, my. Of, lots of firsts. We're checking a lot of things off the list. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i don't know if if we want to jump right into that or if you had other intro stuff that you wanted to go over or i have a couple of questions just to kind of kick us off for our listeners to get an idea of of your gaming background i think a lot of people are going to be who who are interested in starting in role-playing games are going to come from a wide variety of of gaming backgrounds whether they play tabletop role-playing games at all or just board games with their family. Um, so before we get into talking about role-playing games, what was your sort of game-playing background before things got started? Yeah, I would say I didn't have one, or at least I wouldn't consider myself to have had one. Um, I don't even think about it that way now, if I'm being honest. Okay. I think in the context that you put, yes, I, I played some board games. Um, I played a couple of tabletop games as like party games and things like that. You know, Werewolf, for example, comes to mind and, and those types of excellent game. Yeah. Yeah. Like fun sort of group games. I very much do not like playing against people in, especially in party settings, because I just don't think it's fun. And I have really competitive friends and I'm not as competitive. So I'm just not on that same level and I don't find it as fun. But other than that, I I guess from a gaming perspective, I'm really into video games. Oh, nice. I am not a gamer by any means. I It's, I think, something that will become very apparent, apparent as we speak more. But I'm sort of a jack of all trades master of none <laughs> i i really like to sample different things i really like to to try new things um but i i don't consider myself particularly good at anything any one thing oh, okay yeah so video games for example i love playing video games but more than playing video games i love experiencing them so sure yeah i get that often when i'm getting into a video game that's like a long-term storyline i'll set it to easy because i'm more interested in having the story play out rather than trying to challenge my skill at pushing buttons on a remote you know 
Sure. That totally makes sense to me. I, I will say it's so funny because I was talking to um, Matt, our friend, a mutual friend mm-hmm. the other day about this very topic. Ah. <laughs> um, okay. So I know I'm not very good at video games and I don't have the time to really get to the level that I want to be for the games that I enjoy. Cause I do really like those very epic, you know, super long stories. You need a high level of skill to get the, the full experience type of games. Sure. And we were talking about that. And often I will make my friends who are good at video games play for me. Uh, so <laughs> with that, you know, we, we've definitely had hangouts where I'm like, Hey, you need to play this game. And <laughs> so let's let's play like in uh in quarantine we would have video game nights where he would play a game and I would just watch and yell at him to do certain things (laughs) so um but we were talking about that and we both kind of agreed that taking away the difficulty of the game wasn't as satisfying (laughs) oh interesting Sure. Playing playing that game on easy, and he gave a, a game example, but I can't remember what it was. But there was a game that he had played where the developers, if you play the game on easy, it goes super quick, and you just go through, and you get the the you know overarching story, but you don't get all of the details, and you don't get the richness that you would get if you were playing it on normal. Like there were a lot of secrets and things that weren't available to you. Um, mm that you, you don't get going that easy route uh and kind of in a roundabout way that's a little bit how i feel about D and our game ah interesting okay so so let's get let's put a pin in that until later we'll talk about difficulty and stuff like that um in a moment but um let's talk a little bit about what motivated you to get started like looking at RPGs and trying to play in an RPG. What was that journey like for you? Totally, yes. Anyone who I talk to about this knows that there is one answer and one answer only, and that is the Adventure Zone podcast. Right on, okay. It's a it's an excellent podcast. Uh, it's the McElroy brothers mm-hmm. and their dad, and they all had never, none of them had ever played any sort of role-playing game before and so they decided to try it and turned it into a podcast yes yeah that's the that's the cliff notes version of the adventure zone for anyone who's listening who somehow has not listened to it very cliff notes version um the way the way that when they ended the podcast they described it as you know playing D so hard that they cried yeah (laughs) and um yeah it it's a great podcast. It's really fun. It's got an amazing story and it just made me want to play. Um, I will say that, you know, there were points in my life because it's a, it's very long. Um, the the yeah. balance arc in particular is the arc that I'm thinking about. And it's, it's a substantial story. Um, yeah. it, you know, I can't remember how many episodes, but it's, it's, quite a bit of content there. Um, And there were points in my life that, you know, I was really down or, you know, things were, you know, difficult, just regular life stuff. Nothing like we're going through right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Remember just regular life problems. (laughs) Yeah. So young, so naive. (laughs) Um, But 
yeah, I, I could listen to that podcast and it was just always a fun time. And mm -hmm. it felt like this great mix of improv and, you know, storytelling and a very, a, a nice set of rules or guidelines to help guide your storytelling uh, mm -hmm. that I found to be really, really appealing. Um, and so I was super gung-ho that I wanted to try D&D, &D, yeah. but none of my friends played D&D, &D, um, except for my roommate's boyfriend at the time, or he might've been my, he moved in eventually. So my roommate will say, um, okay. he, uh, was the person who actually told me about the McElroy's and introduced me to that podcast. And after a while he was like, Hey, yeah, let's, you know, put together a campaign. Let's try something. And I was super stoked. So excited. I went out and I bought the, the book that I mm -hmm. use to this day, every session I have, um, the handbook in front of yep. me because I it just speaks to me to flip pages rather than to scroll through a PDF. Sure, um, I get that. Yeah, and yeah, so I I got the book. I made my character. I made a backstory for my character based off of again those sort of guidelines within the book. I I thought it was really great because I love storytelling, but I wouldn't consider myself a writer, and so it gave me a place to start to to kind of figure out who my character was going to be nice. um and my roommate had a really interesting first session campaign it was great um i was the world that he set up for us was really interesting and different and i was very excited to start uh but i will say you know i was playing with people that three out of the four of us didn't play D&D, &D, had mm -hmm. never played before. And it just kind of fizzled, unfortunately. Sure, we didn't, okay. Yeah, we didn't get past that first session. It was sort of a, people weren't making an effort to schedule and it just didn't feel like, oh, you know, may maybe this isn't something for me. I don't know. Sure. Um, it just fizzled is how I would describe it. Yeah, I can't tell you the number of uh, games that I've played in over the years that have had that exact problem where we'll play a handful of sessions and things are going fine. Um, there's there's a certain number of sessions that I think are required that, that need to happen until before you can really sort of settle into your character. Right. Like there's mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of episodes that we're going to have to have that are going to cover a lot of these issues. Uh, but scheduling is absolutely a big one of those um, where the the older we get, the more difficult it is to find time where everyone's schedule lines up. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, to get to get a, a lot of new players at the table all at once. It's going to feel awkward for a lot of them um, and it's going to make it a lot of people have a hard time getting into character right away or, or buying into the premise and really investing in the story. Um, especially early on in a single session, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, if there's people that are you're playing with on the first time and their uh, excitement level for it doesn't match with yours, I, I would say that things like that can happen a lot where it'll just fizzle out. It just loses that momentum. Yeah, totally. And I think that's what happens there, uh, which is a bummer because that I think would have been a really cool campaign to go sure. through. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that was months and months before we even met. Yeah. And eventually you and I started working together mm -hmm. and we were able to, I don't even know how D&D &D came up. Do you remember? I remember uh, it was, it was you and me and uh, Mike and we were in the break room just chatting. It was, I think even my first week. And one of you asked me what I was into and like, what I, what do you do when you're not working kind of question. Um, and I mentioned that uh, uh, role-playing games are a big hobby of mine. Um, and I remember you specifically like, oh, really, like really leaning into that <laughs> answer. Um, and Mike's eyebrows kind of went up. Uh, and at that point, it it sort of felt like I had stumbled into the middle of a conversation that had been happening before I got there <laughs> uh, of like, oh, what kind of games do you play? What kind of, you know? Uh -huh. um, and so it was kind of a nice serendipity moment where it was the three of us and just the three of us in the break room. And I think there's a certain kind of like, I don't know, uh, hesitance in people sometimes in social situations to talk about gaming and RPGs as a hobby um, that prevents people from, from talking about it. And so the fact that it was just the three of us and we just were super open and honest about it and enjoyed it and kind of had a, had a really fun moment talking about it for maybe five, 10 minutes um, before you were like, so I really want to play D&D &D, and uh, I would really like it if you would run a game of D&D. &D. <laughs> That's classic, like, oh. classic Ashley right there. I'm sure I didn't say it as like, <laughs> I would really like it. I'm sure I was like, so when are we going to start playing because I want to do this? Yeah, I think that sounds more more accurate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Forcing you into friendship. That is that is one of my moves for sure. Nice. Um, yeah, I think what you said about not really talking about gaming or mm -hmm. RPGs specifically, um, that rings pretty true. I don't talk about this with any of my other friends, really. Um, they're mm -hmm. just not into it. I don't think it's something that's as prevalent. And so even that coming up, I feel like can be an inhibitor. Yeah. Like. Yeah, sure not wanting to bring it up but I have realized that this the quote unquote stigma around something like you know D, D, it being a super duper nerdy thing like yeah it is uh but I don't think that there's that stigma around it anymore I think it's very much you know into the zeitgeist now more than ever I think like especially with for example, Stranger Things centering around D&D, &D, that really, uh, it brought it into the forefront of a lot of people's minds that wouldn't yeah. have ever thought about it. Like I know my 
little brother wanted to play and I think started playing with a bunch of his friends. Nice. Um, he's a teenager. Uh, and so he's obviously way cooler than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that it's, it's nice to, to be able to say that that isn't, that shouldn't be as much of an inhibitor that it maybe was in the past, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of things have happened culturally lately where you have a lot more celebrities sort of stepping up and saying, yeah, this is a hobby of mine and it's really fun. And I don't know why there's any kind of stigma around it. Let's do it. Right. And so you've got a bunch of mainstream popular people that are coming out and saying, no, this is actually cool. And it's not you know, satanic panic or any of that kind of stuff is <laughs> super ridiculous and uninvolved. Uh, it's just, we're getting together and uh, uh, my niece is uh, is very cool. Um, and she calls them imagination games. She doesn't play RPGs. Um, I, I ran, yeah, right, exactly. It's like little kids do this and they don't need the rule books and they don't need dice and they don't need things like that. They just get together and they play. Um, and so as adults, we we like a little bit more structure, generally speaking, and um, it's a way to sort of tap back into that little kid mentality of, okay, what do you do, you know? Uh-huh. Um, you can do anything. Gonna, yeah, and we're all going to pretend together, right? Like, yeah. um, I think that's kind of cool. I think um, that's absolutely cool. And I think also it's so funny because thinking about what D&D is perceived as. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that maybe this, I, I mean, I'm no expert. I have played in one campaign consistently for the past, what, two years, I yeah. think. Um, so I, I'm by far like not an expert on this, but what D&D is, I feel like in a lot of people's minds is that we're going to go into this dungeon and fight this demigorgon thing and and very specific to that one aesthetic of fantasy which our game is in fantasy like that that's i would say the genre but i personally don't like fantasy it's not my it's not my jam um i'm much more of a sci-fi going towards that dystopian realm than than Ah. high fantasy i i just have never been able to really like stick in it um Mm -hmm. until i listened to the adventure zone which was also in that fantasy realm but it had modern references and it wasn't so self-indulgent and it was just there to be fun and so i do think that when we first talked about having a game and you asked you know, what kind of game do you want to play? I was like, I want to play like that or I don't want to play at all. Right. Yeah. That question comes up in, um, in what's called a session zero where the players and the GM get together and they sort of talk about their expectations of what they're about to do. Right. Um, we're a bunch of people who are going to sit down and play a fantasy game as my niece says um or an imagination imagination game game. (laughs) yeah and um so there's there's got to be some some boundaries and things like that that we set up and so that session zero i think is really important to get everybody on the same page because Mm -hmm. this is a hobby that's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be hanging out with your friends and 
it's not it's not I, I I don't think it's worth doing if we play a game and I throw something in there that rubs someone the wrong way or makes someone uncomfortable, then what are we doing? Right? Like mm-hmm. then I'm just torturing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> making everybody sit back and listen to this crazy thing I invented but I think in actuality uh, the games are more successful when everybody has a voice and everybody can participate in some way or another you know in creating the story yeah absolutely I think um, I think it's kind of funny because if you were to ask me I would say I really enjoy D&D I enjoy playing with you all. But when I think about it, when I think about it really like outside the context of our game in particular, Mm -hmm. which is really like this really special fun thing that we've put together. um, I would say I'm actually pretty bad at (laughs) (laughs) D&D. Okay, what makes you say that? I think this is important. Um, I think (laughs) a lot of people have a lot of, uh, have concerns about, ruining the game or being bad at it when they're first coming to the table um yeah. and no. so um i think you have I, those concerns <laughs> i have those concerns to this day so okay, okay. Um, so let's talk about that what does that uh, what does that look like to you from your perspective yeah okay so what i would say for myself personally is i have a very distinct style of gameplay and that carries through to pretty much any game that I'm playing I I can't remember the game that we were playing earlier in in quarantine uh what I don't remember what it was oh called. time stories time stories yeah yeah um and every time we would have a session and play that game you would have to choose a new character and it was just like always obvious which characters I was gonna <laughs> choose you would see a character description and you'd be like that's a character you play in every single game sure which is one of those things where like yes I like variety but I also know what I'm about you know Mm -hmm. um and so I have a very distinct style of gameplay and I'm consistently very self-conscious about that um I yeah I'm pretty I don't like fighting in games. Uh, right. I, I said earlier, I don't, I like cooperative games. I don't like to fight. Mm-hmm. And so my characters consistently will try and diffuse situations or avoid battle or, you know, whatever I can do to not fight. Or if I'm fighting, how do I make this fight end as quickly as possible? Which, yeah, right. I feel like in D&D, from what I've seen from the, our other players and, you know, your other groups that you that you play with is not the norm. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> sure. I think uh, in a lot of RPGs, um, the and, and this is something that's changing, too. So we'll we'll say this with an asterisk, but um, a lot of RPGs, the the foundation of them comes from turning essentially arcade games into a pen and paper style game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so arcade games at the time in like the late seventies, early eighties were, were hack and slash run through the dungeon, kill the monsters and take the treasure. Right. It, right, it wasn't, right. 
Uh, and that's the kind of game that RPGs, early RPGs were trying to emulate. And so there's this baked in kind of um, adrenaline rush through combat that is um, really a through line in most RPGs, right? Like um, we're playing another game right now uh, called Innomine, um, which is a, an angels and demons game. And it's a cold war between um, heaven and hell, right? And so it's, it's very much a um, cloak and dagger kind of game. Uh, it's about spycraft and trying to figure out who's who doing what, where, and all that kind of thing. Um, and so they, the, the description of the game is very much like you want to avoid causing large disturbances in the symphony, which is what they use the terminology they use to describe the universe and stuff. Um, but then when you go through and you, you look at what are all of the things that we can do so much of the skills you can take or the, the songs, which is what the, the term they use for magic in the, in the game are focused around combat. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, you've built this game. That's really uh, like, designed to avoid combat and then all of your stuff is like all combat related um <laughs> and then uh but there, there's other other games that are coming out now that are changing a lot of that stuff um and and focusing more on driving narrative and and storytelling um and even even to the point where D, &D which is this massive you know it's a it's a giant in the rpg realm like it mm -hmm. is the game that everybody knows about it's the touch yeah. exactly um and and with this latest fifth edition they've built in more ways for thing for for players to avoid being in combat um mm -hmm. so even it, it's gotten to the point where there's this cultural shift where people are trying to come up with alternative solutions to things like you were talking about of how do I avoid combat completely or how do I finish it as fast as possible? Um, we're seeing more and more of those things get dropped into games. Although it combat is still a massive core to pretty much any RPG out there. Yeah, I mean, I will say I, so what you're describing of like these games that are, not necessarily about combat, but all the magic stuff is about combat, right? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I think that's still pretty heavy in D and D. You know, yeah. the the vast majority of spells are about things that you do in combat. Mm -hmm. um, but I I will say one thing I'm grateful about our game is that you allow me to take those spells and do different things with them because sure. it just doesn't make sense to me that there would be a world in which magic exists and all I use it for is to, you know, shoot missiles at people or whatever, you know, right. that's just so boring to me. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big thing is like battles and it, you know, even in, in movies and, and books and things like that, battles are boring to me unless something cool and out of the ordinary happens. But when it comes to just fighting and, and things like that, like, ooh, that's just not my jam, you know? Um, right. If you look at 
like Endgame, for example, huge mm-hmm. blockbuster, tons of battles, tons of fighting. Um, but you're not getting me to like sit up in my seat and, and, you know, call out or something like that until you do something where Captain America picks up Thor's hammer. Like that's the Mm -hmm. kind of stuff where I'm like, yes, that means something I'm invested. (laughs) But other than that, you know, it's just a lot of smash and flash and whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's certainly not for everybody. Um, But uh, I, I will say that there's, there's such a wide variety of games out there that for for anyone in the audience who's thinking about RPGs but has that same qualm of like, I don't know, I, I really don't want combat or or other people. I've played with other people who are like, I just want to play through combat. I, I just want to mm-hmm. have a sword and bash someone with it and, you know, uh, have that adrenaline rush from having the dice roll in a certain way and that you know, suspense of, oh my God, is this going to work? Um, <laughs> and that's cool too, right? Um, there are there are entire games that run the in the full spectrum of, of desire, I guess, uh, of what people want to get out of their game. Um, from things that are uh, strictly combat-based and they're designed to be dungeon crawls where you just go in from one room to the other and you fight the monster in the room and they get bigger and bigger um to games that are more about building relationships with other characters either uh other players around the table or what we call npcs which are non-player characters that are just made up people that occupy the the story occupy the world in the story um so there's there's games like that there's spy games there's sci-fi games you were talking about that there's science fantasy games there's a whole bunch of different Mm -hmm. things out there um that i think if if you're i mean this worked out for you i think um playing DD, even though it's more focused on combat than you'd like but playing it in a way that allows us to subvert combat or or uh, avoid it (laughs) i mean i think maybe i'm being too harsh on combat just because that's my personal preference but i will say the thing that i like about our game is -hmm. that we've set up this flexibility that Mm -hmm. allows us to do more than just that dungeon crawl kind of thing that you described um even when we have had sessions that are kind of that dungeon crawl <laughs> that you described, mm-hmm. um, a very specific one comes to mind that was pretty grueling. Um, grueling in that you threw a bunch of stuff at us. I don't know if this is a cursing podcast, by the way. I haven't oh, been yeah. cursing this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a it's a casual laid back podcast. And if a fuck word gets said every once in a while, okay. that's fine. Well, um, you threw all this shit at us and (laughs) it was one of those things where there was enough story throughout that I felt like okay this is yeah we have to explore all of these rooms it wasn't just if we keep going in these rooms then we're just gonna get hit with you know fire salamanders or whatever they were yeah Um, yeah. it was like okay we got to keep going because yeah, it's hard, but the story is in, is in these rooms and I want the story. And so yeah. I think that's 
a really good way to balance that is making it making combat mean something and and also there are some really cool things that happen with just fighting you know i think pretty early on um we met dragons which was rad and uh you know i went on a hunt with these dragons and it was just me and i had to fight this random beast and I fought it and I used the spell, I think, pretty creatively and mm -hmm. didn't get a scratch on my character. And it was really fun. Um, and it was something that I used later in the story as I would constantly say, like, well, that's not a very tough thing to fight. I did it alone. <laughs> you know, yeah. those kinds of jokes that I could then use. Them. Like, I, I think that there are really fun, creative things that you can do with combat as well. I just um the reason i say i'm bad at D, D is i know that people would probably be in combat a lot more <laughs> if it weren't for my character well and i think i think what you just touched on was something that ties into what you were saying in the beginning about my strategy for playing a long campaign video game of setting it to easy is not your cup of tea because mm -hmm. for you you there's something about the struggle that is enjoyable mm -hmm. and i think that's true in rpgs as well um if everything just falls in your lap then what are we doing you know then let's just write a novel i guess yeah um but because there's the randomness of dice rolls and there's the occasional confrontation and s some sort of boundary that's getting in your way that's where a lot of the the creativity comes from from the players it's where we get some interesting stories that can be linked back to um for example the uh, in the other group that i'm running um really early on in the campaign um they encountered a big bad guy and i had no plans for this big bad guy other than this one encounter mm -hmm. and the way that they interacted with that villain and due to some fortunate roles on their part they sidestepped a whole bunch of problems and stole the artifact from them and got away um and what ended up happening is because of that scenario that villain became a much more prominent character in the setting because now they're motivated to come find the our heroes again um they're motivated to interact with the rest of the world in order to find the characters again so they're out there doing who knows what in the meantime when they're off camera mm -hmm. um and then we can encounter them again and again and again which every time they meet it builds more and more suspense because there's so much history that we're invested in already yeah um, so so yeah i think there's a there's a fine line and i think this leads back to communicating with whoever's running your game um, as a player of like mm -hmm. being clear about the things that you want because none of this is written in stone and if as a player if a player comes to me for example and they say combat's fine but it's not really my my deal i know that now and instead of wasting a bunch of time trying to put combats together and throw bad guys at at our heroes I know that I should instead invest more of my time in building a uh, more of a political game, something that's going to involve um, people talking their way through things and building drama that way. What are the stakes? How do we 
change things, all that kind of thing through mm -hmm. just talking instead of through just swinging a sword around. Yeah. Um, and then you get a player like me who comes in and just subverts everything that you try. <laughs> to I say. mean, yeah, that that's going to happen uh, in in every game. Um, <laughs> it it's just something it's the the GM's burden to, to carry. Um, it's his... yeah, it's kind of funny in that it, it's one of those things where you can set up this combat or set up this bad guy to fight. And I actually get that satisfaction and that adrenaline rush from figuring out how to solve the problem without having to do all of that, you know? Yeah, totally. So I, it, I don't know, I guess what I really take from this is that communication again and being comfortable with the person, people that you're playing these games with. Okay. Um, I think if you are are playing with your friends and playing with people that you can kind of just cut loose with a little bit. I, I feel like that's usually a good, a good place to start. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I think that answers one last question that I had, but I'll throw it out there anyway, in case there's more words of wisdom. Um, but if you could um, tell other new players some advice, <laughs> if you could give some other new players some advice um, to help them have a good first experience, uh, what would you tell them? Um, Sorry to put you on the spot there. But... <laughs> no, no. You, <laughs> I, I think, I don't know. So I have things that work for me, right? And I know this about myself now. Um, and so what works for me is having that depth of story and depth of character, um, but also just not being too in my head about things. So not taking yourself so seriously, I guess. Okay. Um, we didn't really talk about my character, but just to kind of give a quick description um, my character is a dragonborn sorcerer uh, because I absolutely was like, I'm not going to play this game with magic and not have magic. Uh, yeah, of course. Also, dragons <laughs> are the coolest ones, obviously. obviously. <laughs> um, but also, it was just like the way that I built my character was off of a stupid joke from a podcast. <laughs> Um, another McElroy podcast, my brother, my brother and me in one of the episodes, they, I can't remember all of the references that they were making, but they said, um, blue eyes, white dragonborn can't lose. And that is just a reference that is layered in nerdiness. It, <laughs> it is a reference to, um, what's it called? Oh, what Friday is it? Oh, Friday night lights. But what Yu-Gi-Oh, that's the one. Oh, yeah. So it's a reference to Friday Night Lights and Yu-Gi-Oh. And that reference itself is a reference to a podcast that I really like. And so it is the blue eyes, white dragonborn. So I am a white dragonborn with blue eyes. My character's name is Riggins uh, for Tim Riggins from Perfect. Friday Night Lights. Yep. I sort of set up my family a little bit based around Friday Night Lights. <laughs> um 
And so it was just all at the beginning, silly, 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 right? Um, and as I continued to play, having set these like couple of silly parameters for myself, I started to really understand who Riggins is and what they do and how they interact with things in this world. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't start session one thinking I know this character through and through and I know exactly everything about it and I have this pages long backstory of whatever. Um, I just had a few things that I knew about them and I just kind of felt it out. And I think, as you said earlier, you know, it takes a couple of sessions sometimes to really understand what mm -hmm. works for you. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess what I would say to new players is don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just kind of let it, let it happen naturally and see what develops as you play. And I think that's a really good way to find you know your character and and how you play in these worlds um yeah i i, I think that's that's what i would say <laughs> yeah that's great some of the things that you mentioned there are i think really good things to keep in mind if you're already starting out on a new venture which would be wading into this role-playing game scene there's going to be so many things that are unfamiliar to you and, and feel a little awkward or uncomfortable. And so finding something that you have an understanding about or are familiar with to base your character on, especially early on in the very beginning, I think is a really great strategy for new players. Find a character you like from a movie or a comic book or a novel that you really love and try to base your character around that character because then you already know so much about them you, like you said you have a couple of key points about the backstory that you based on this character from a tv show <laughs> and so when you come into your rpg there's going to be you know it, it's going to feel awkward with rules it's going to feel awkward with getting into character it's going to feel awkward with rolling which dice at what time and all that kind of thing and what notes do i take and there's plenty of other things to distract you and so anything you can do to help yourself um steal back some of that comfort i think mm -hmm. is is a really strong note that's a really great bit of advice yeah um i i would say i went even a little bit further than that like the, the description description of my characters was based off of these these references right but sure. my character's personality there's a lot of me in there for sure yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of my motivations and and that was the way that I could play this game without having to be so cerebral mm -hmm. is and not take yourself so seriously yeah yeah i this is what i, I am chaotic good in real life <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, awesome. a hundred percent i know that about myself and i like to fight for the people that i care about and i i'm so secretive i have so many secrets and yeah no yeah. uh <laughs> but yeah I, I took a lot of my own personality and that is in riggins for sure and i guess i'm pretty emo <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm emo but I'm also very silly and you know I'm kind of all over the place is what I'm describing but I didn't have to stop 
when you're already in a role-playing weird sort of fantasy setting or whatever setting you're in, I didn't have to stop and think, well, what would this other person do in this situation? I just kind of knew like, oh, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. Yeah. Nice. So. Okay, great. Well, I think that just about wraps things up here. Um, uh, thank you very much, Ashley, for joining me today. Um, do you have anything you'd like to plug or talk about? Yeah, sure. Uh, I am not really a social media person, so I'm not going <laughs> to plug that. Um, Fair not enough. famous, unfortunately, <laughs> but I'm very special. Finn said so at the beginning of the episode. That's true. Our very special guest. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I would like to plug uh, is the LA Derby Dolls. Um, this is a roller derby league in Los Angeles. Uh, I am a member. I'm actually a referee for the LA Derby Dolls. I'm on a team Badass. called. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm on a team called the Enforcers, and um, I would like to plug them. Uh, you know, this pandemic has obviously been hard on everyone, mm -hmm. um, and the LA Derby Dolls—they're a nonprofit organization that's centered around feminism and inclusion. Um, it's Hell one yeah. of those, yeah, it, it's one of those types of organizations that kind of like RPGs on the outside may be a little bit intimidating and you don't really know what it is, but I would, I would love to say, you know, if you have a chance after uh, we're all out of quarantine and things are, are back in person, go to a roller derby bout. Um, they are super fun. They're super empowering. Uh, if you are even a little bit interested, try taking a class because everybody is extremely supportive. You don't have to know how to roller skate. Um, you just have to be able to get out there and, and put yourself out there and try something new. So um, that would be really great in the future. If, and if you can right now, um, donating to the, to the Derby Dolls would be great. Um, we're trying to maintain our space, uh, because, you know, we get a lot of our revenue from in-person events and we obviously can't do those right now. Um, yeah. but we are just trying to keep rolling until we can open up again and serve our community and just, like you said all around badasses so <laughs> that's but, awesome yeah la derby dolls la derby dolls all right great um to any of our listeners uh if you have any concerns about getting started with role-playing games feel free to hit us up you can find me on twitter at finnegan one um thank you again ashley for joining us this is really great and yeah. i will see you at our virtual tabletop See you then. Uh, make sure everyone tweet at Finn how much you loved uh, me being a guest on here so he invites me back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, if you want to hear Ashley again, uh, or if you have any other questions or concerns, feel free to reach out. Um, <laughs> and uh, very concerning, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, take care, everybody. Uh, thanks again, Ashley, and have a great night. Have a good night.